picture. What star is that? Peace of the planet, you know what it is. A decent banjoko, it's one world. It's one world and it's a west side. You know what I'm saying? Um, this dude is someone who's been a friend for so long, it's hard for me to even um, tell you how long we've been cool. And we came across each other before we were cool. And I, you know, he knew that I had come I, crazy. Rock uh, dilated peoples, man. Welcome to Bishop Chronicles, bro. Peace, brother. Always good to see you, and it is a pleasure to be here. We've been trying to make this happen for a minute. It's been on me. I think I have flaked on this every weekend for like a good year and a half, but uh, here we right. are today. It's all right. We're here, bro. That's what's important, uh, man. No, it's family. I appreciate it, man. It's always love. Man, you know, I mean, there's so many things that I could talk to you about. There's so many things that we will talk about, you know, um, there's there's hip hop, you know what I'm saying? There's 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 jujitsu, you know what I'm saying? Right. And 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 there's just like art and the way that like life evolves and your life evolves as a human being. Um just to let people just to give context for for how we first came across each other. Um during the LA riots, I went down to LA with uh DJ Qbert, uh Mixmaster Mike, DJ Apollo, Alex Aquino, some of the knuckle neck tribe dudes and um Honey Dip. Yeah, Honey Dip and yeah. and, and Crazy Legs. Well, legs you know yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So we came down and uh there was a Zulu Nation meeting, you know. Um I'm from the original Zulus in the Bay. Um shout out to all the original OGs, Paws, uh Polo. You know what I'm saying? All the original dudes that was a part of that. And, um, but none of them were able to go to LA. So we went to Hex's place right off Melrose back in the day. LA was still burning. Like the riots were kind of over, but LA was still like largely on fire and things were intense. And um, Zulu Gremlin was there. That's, that's when I first met Zulu. No, I knew Gremlin before, but we went to his place. And uh, it was at Hex's that there was right. some graffiti writers in the room. You know right, what I'm saying? That was actually the first meeting of the West Coast Rock Steady crew. That's true. That's, That's what, what that what it was. was. The first meeting of West Coast Rock Steady crew where legs had legs brought, flew down people from, or brought down people from the Bay. Yep. A couple people, uh, Zodak and Severe. I think a couple other people came up from San Diego. Mark Love, I think was there. Maybe so. Uh, no, Mark wasn't there. Mark wasn't there yet. Because Marco Zulu, but he wasn't rock steady. That's right. I saw yeah. him like the day after. There he was, was like the, a, he was yeah, around, yeah. but he wasn't he at that meeting. But he was, he was not at that meeting. You're he right. was around. You're absolutely right. Yeah. He was around for sure. Because it was at the hip hop shop. So there was yeah. that that big That's meeting, right. and then everyone hung out for everyone's in town for a couple of days. And that like, was crazy, bro. And that I was, was yeah. crazy. And I knew you as a writer then, as the bishop of hip hop. Like, oh, that's yeah, the bishop yeah. of hip hop. I didn't know a decent bunch of I just knew the, <laughs> right. the bishop of hip hop. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, oh, what's up, bishop of hip hop? You know what I'm saying? I didn't know how to. Do so I call you bishop? Like, you, how do you short? <laughs> is it? Do I say the full title? Is it, is it okay to shorten it? I'm not <laughs> yes. trying to be disrespectful. You know what I'm but saying? But yeah, that was you know that's night. That was that was what night. Man, like that. Yeah, that was that was that was the riots, bro. Yeah. Exactly. That was right. exactly. You're right. Absolutely right. So then, you know, a few years later, 
Encore goes to LA to record something and he comes back and I'm already doing jujitsu at Half Gracie's and he's like, hey, I'm like, what's up? He calls me. He's like, hey, there's, there's another guy that, that raps and does jujitsu down, <laughs> down, down in LA, man. You, you guys need to connect, man. I'm like, oh, where he trains for real? He's like, yeah, yeah. He trains with uh, like Halio or something. You know what I'm saying? I was like, who is he? He was like, it's, it's dilated. And I was like, no kidding. Right. And I didn't even know that when I met you and Ev there. Yeah. I don't think we were dilated at that time. You weren't dilated. And yeah, yeah, that's we the thing that's yet. crazy. That's yeah, yeah. Like, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. Like it was some years before I realized, I was like, oh, oh, oh. You know, what I'm yeah. prequel, you know what I'm saying? Got yeah. that prequel. You know? <laughs> so, I mean, man, just for those, because these times are so volatile, can you tell me what you remember from the LA riots of that time and the role that hip hop was playing in your life? So I was actually working at the hip hop shop at the time. So okay, the, which was shout Hex, out to Hex. What yeah, I, shout out to Hex. Shout out to Omega, Zulu Gremlin, Skill from UTI, Maniac UTI. Uh, who else used to work there? Ch OG Chino, uh, my, 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 my man OG Chino from Escala, LA. Uh, he had the shop in the back. Um, even it, as a side note, also uh, right before then, it was right before that happened. So it probably was like earlier '92 or maybe the end of '91 or something. Mm. I remember Kid Frost coming to the to the spot. He Don't say that because I will pass out. I love no, Kid Frost. No, I play La Raza like like once a month at least. <laughs> Feels makes you feel good. Like yeah, ah. yeah. I'd be in, in yeah. the Mission. I'd be like, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So, so Frost uh, was real tight with Hex because they had done the video. Hex had done like a lot of the stuff for Latin Alliance, mm. and he had done like the um, some some big some big major production graffiti. X production. was just like the illest graffiti dude, bro. Absolutely. And he and Frost had a good relationship. So I remember Frost coming down one day in a convertible Cadillac or something. Yeah, like yeah, that. yeah. And um, he, he came through and he, and Hex was like, we, Hex, just, he had one shot, one of the, um, one of the units and he got the next door unit. So then he was like, I need to put floors in here. And Frost is like, you need to do what? He's like, I need to put floors. I need to figure out how to do floors. And he's like, Hey, Holmes, we're Mexican, Holmes. Like, my whole, he's, this is what he said. We're, hey, Holmes, we're Mexican, Holmes. He's like, my, my uncles did most of the concrete at LAX. He's like, I know how to do this. What? Like, you know how to do this? He's like, bro, I know how to do this. He's like, he's like, right. He gave me his car keys. He's like, go to uh, uh, Builders Emporium. And he gave me a list. I need you to get this, this bag of the cement, this bag of this. I need four buckets. Shut need, your you mouth. Gotta, you got to buy this powered mixer drill thing. Give me his car keys. I jumped in the, in the whip. Push Frost whip down to the builders emporium, got all this stuff, brought it back, and he literally sh he showed me how to mix concrete, lay it, score it with the lines, put the things on dry. And like I was like, yo, this is crazy. Like he he just took his his watch, his jewelry off, and just got busy. Like he he didn't come there for that. That's how I knew. I was like, Frost is a real one, man. That's but hip hop was so bonkers back, and this is part of the thing. Like I think when young people hear. Like when when the OGs right be like yo back in the day they'd be like oh here we go about you know what I mean but y'all don't understand yeah. the 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 spirit of the camaraderie of course right yeah, like yeah, the spirit yeah. of the camaraderie is not something that I see today I'm not yeah. saying it's not a judgment I'm just saying I don't see it you know well it doesn't I mean? have That's to be great. like there there was a need for camaraderie before because that camaraderie gave you a certain amount of either direct access or gave mm. you the momentum mm -hmm. and the inner, you know, the battery you need to, to get your access. Nowadays, mm -hmm. you don't have to be cool with anybody. You know, you could just decide I'm going to make a career or pick up your phone, make a beat, record it, right. 
do the album cover, post it online, do your own marketing, everything from your phone and do it from your bedroom and nobody has to be a part of it. And you could feel how you want to feel. You don't have to feel. Mm, that's how the real. Yeah, I'm on my own vibe in my room and it's lit. Right. Absolutely. <laughs> like, absolutely. You couldn't do that last night because you had to be at Hex's store. Right. You, know what I mean? you yeah. might see somebody on the way there or get snatched on the way back or the police would get at you. <laughs> <laughs> you know I'm saying like, like yeah. it was, it was, it was like, you know, it was an outlaw art form. Right. Back. You know what I mean? Especially yeah. for graffiti writers, you know? Now, Absolutely. could you talk for a minute about West Coast Rocksteady? And the reason I'm asking you is because I'll tell you something that I remember from that trip. And you couldn't have known this just because you weren't. So me, Legs, Alex Aquino, and some other dudes hop in the car. We shoot down. On the way to shoot down, we go from the Bay. Like, we leave from Daly City. We head to San Jose. Legs is hungry. We get to the, we get to the mall. Um, was it Eastmont? Oh, East Ridge Mall? Anyway, it was East Ridge. East Ridge is, Eastmont is Oakland. East Ridge is, is Santo. Okay. So we go to East Ridge and there was this, this <clears throat> food area. And I'm talking to Legs and like, Legs is completely despondent. He's not, he's not normal. And um, he's kind of irritable. I don't really understand it. And then like Alex pulls me aside and he's like, you know, Buck Four was murdered. And I was like, word. He's like, yeah, he's really shaken. He said, so like, you got to be patient with legs because he's really hurting right now. And I was like, oh, snap, you know? And um, the whole trip we were down there, bro, like I was impressed by legs because knowing what I knew, seeing how he was able to separate himself from that pain to go to Hex's spot to, you know what I mean? Like it was, it was really kind of beautiful, man. So I got to shout out legs for that whole thing. But I felt like West Coast rock steady, even though it was a short lived thing in my brain, maybe right. it was a lot. How I'm, you know, well, it was, it was important. Years, it, was it was a beautiful was, thing yeah, though. It was yeah, powerful, man. Absolutely. Can you talk about what you recall about West Coast rock steady and, you know, share any of your involvement with it or Zulu at the time? Yeah. So, um, Hex decided that, I'm sorry, uh, Legs decided that he wanted to create an L.A. bomb squad, like a Rocksteady crew L.A. bomb squad. Mm -hmm. And that L.A. bomb squad, if I'm not mistaken, was going to be Hex, Omega, um, Zulu Gremlin, mm -hmm. and Mark, Zulu Gremlin, Freeze Rock, and Mark Ski, and uh, uh, lyrical engineer Genius G. They had a, crew, a group called United We Stand, UWS. Okay. I think they were part of it. Um, I was invited to be a part of it. And maybe one or two other mm. one or two other people were maybe invited to be a part of it at the time. But it was just called the LA Bomb Squad. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, later, not too long after that, Legs decided, you know what? I want to basically create, I want to expand Rocksteady Crew. Mm -hmm. Like, um, and bring a community element mm -hmm. to it as well, I believe. I think that yeah. was yeah. Yeah. from it. And still have it be about what it's about, like at, at its core, but have the family element connected mm. to yeah, it. Yeah, 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 um, yeah. To be able to, you know, spread it, to propagate it to whatever needs to happen. Mm. So um, he created the West Coast Rocksteady Crew, West Coast yep. chapter of Rocksteady Crew or West Coast Rocksteady. Yeah. And that was um, obviously you were invited to the first meeting, so that would have included yeah. yourself. Yeah. But it, was Alex, <clears throat> it was Alex Aquino, the whole knuckle neck tribe. Yeah, it was um, at the time it was called the DJ Shadow. 
Not right, right, right. Shadow from Quantum, but the DJ Shadow. Yeah, yeah. Later became Rocksteady DJs. Right. Hubert, Mixmaster, Mike, In- Invisible Scratch Pickles. Yeah, and which which eventually yeah. formed into Scratch Pickles and other things yeah. as well. But the three of them together, Mixmaster, Mike, uh, DJ Qbert, and DJ Apollo, they were they were part of a group called FM Two O. Like, shout uh, out to Nim and Harrell. Oh, see? Yeah, yeah. FM Two O was like a. Uh, like kind of like a rock, a dark rock rap. They were like, they, yeah, they early. were kind of like the bad brains of hip hop. Yeah, they brought the it all time. together. It's the only way that I could, you know what I mean? And that's a good way to describe it too. I mean, right now it would fit perfectly with what's going on with Fairfax oh culture God. and all that Talk stuff. Talk about but, people being literally 20 years ahead of the game. That's probably how I would describe it. And to have Mixmaster Mike Hubert and Apollo as your band and Destroying have them called The Shadow that. and you're called FM2O. Come on, man. So, that, they were a part of it. Um, we were dilated. Was called Fatliners at the time. Babu yeah, wasn't yeah. in the group yet, so we were part of that. Yeah. Uh, some people from beat, like Retmatic and some of the Beat Junkies. Yeah. Um, uh, like I said, Knuckle Neck, um, and then you had uh, people from San Diego, like um, Zodak and Severe from Top to Bottom Crew. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. Saki, graffiti artist Saki. I remember him. I remember yeah, his like, name. I remember his name. It was like a big. It was a pretty big collection of like some really up you know pe- some really solid people in the scene on the west coast that were making yeah moves. even going yeah. up as far as like um i don't know if there were any to be honest i don't know if there were any of that generation west coast rocksteady crew members in um the pacific northwest i know there were rocksteady crew members for sure they were, they were getting busy but as far as specific, from this movement but i do know that eventually mad child from swollen members was put in and he's from right Vancouver. Right, so right 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 all the way obviously up north so it, it, it spread pretty, pretty well, but it's ultimately, you know, um, it's a vehicle that needs gas, you know? Man, and, come on, bro. Uh, so unless you're going to be able to either put the gas in the tank or, or retrofit it with some solar panels or do something right. else to, to fuel it, right. <clears throat> it it's not going to move. And right. I think at a certain point, a lot of people started to feel like maybe, what am, you know, what am I doing in the space? Like, mm-hmm. I, I'm not a dancer. I'm not this. I'm not that. Yeah. It's yeah. Very, still very dance. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so I think that maybe led to some of that. There are a lot of people that just joined. They just wanted to put it on their resume or to have a notch on their belt or whatever. Yeah. yeah. Have, a, have a patch on their jean jacket. Yeah. And they didn't want to contribute either. And I'm sure that was irritating for legs and people yeah. like that, that actually... There were you little, work, little, bro. Come on, literal bro. blood, sweat, and tears were, were, yeah. were shed to make this happen. And you see other people that are just happy, like they graduated and made it because they were invited into something. You know what I'm saying? So I think there was a lot of that. Um, there was yeah. some in, in in family bickering that happens in in a lot of organizations. Yeah. That, but ultimately, I think it was just, you know, it's one of those things where it was good people that were brought together. It lined mm-hmm. up right, and mm-hmm. at the end of the day, the the of those people, um, certain members of those certain members still are still as connected or maybe even more connected than they were yeah. back then. We're talking right now. We talk more now than we did then. Come on, you know, bro. Like, out of way, that, so, I mean, yeah. look at, you know what yeah. I mean? Like, yeah, dude. And yeah, so, it's so really it's part of it. because I'm always trying, you know, Bishop Chronicles is always trying to document and highlight um, kind of the lesser known <clears throat> jewels inside bro. the evolution of West Coast hip hop. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? Like, you know, I, I don't have any hatred for the East, but I'm from the Bay, man. And you right. know what I'm saying? It's Bay to Bay, you know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. like for real, I, I'm all about West Coast hip hop. And it's not because 
uh, I have a problem with the East or any other region. It's just yeah. that I'm from here. And as much as we like to talk about whatever happened in Bronx River, that's not more important than Compton to me. That's not more important than Hex's spot to me. That's not right. more, more important than, <clears throat> than the roller rink where I first met Easy e and NWA at in Richmond. You know right. what I'm saying? It, it's, got the same, it's got the same reverence in my heart. You know what I mean? So when I get to talk to people like yourself who were really in the mix um, from LA, you know, in, in the essence of it, I, I, you know, I don't have this knowledge. Right. right? You know what I'm saying? So I appreciate you sharing. Absolutely. Now, yeah. I had a, I had a, I have a podcast a few episodes back and I, um, I need to send it to you. It's called hip hop is a weapon. Okay. And it's all about <laughs> the idea that every element of hip hop was, has always had the potential to be weaponized against the state. And of all of those uh, elements, that graffiti itself um, is my, like, because as someone who's not a writer, as someone who's never been a bomber, I was a tagger um, who got up decently. But um, I've always loved what graffiti couldn't, could and did do. I've always respected the fact that of all the elements of hip hop, graffiti was always illegal. Like if rap was illegal, a lot less people would be doing it, right? Graffiti was legal, right? And people were going out and putting up and sometimes crews were getting into fights. Sometimes crews were getting knocked out or jacked or stabbed. And you know, there was some dark side to it, but I also recognize that this is what people did to get up. This is what people did to share their art, to to share their vision of their art. Can you tell me when you were young and in it, you know what I'm saying? The what what was driving you in your graffiti? Well, from <sighs> graffiti is an interesting element of hip hop because some people don't consider it an element of hip hop. Which I disagree with personally. What do you think? I think it depends. I think it is an element of hip hop, but I don't think it's born out of hip hop. Agreed. So in other words, there are generations of graffiti artists that came from the seventies that listened, like you go talk to scene or you go talk to, you know, some of the real OG, OG guys, they were listening to Motown. They were listening to rock. Right. Yeah, exactly. Cause it wasn't era. even his thing yet. You know yeah. what I mean? So a lot for of them, them were listening to metal, like ACDC. Right. Exactly. And, or they'd be listening saying? to Al Green or they'd be listening to some old, any, anything other than whatever. Yeah, exactly. Right. So <laughs> you have all this stuff that's happened. You have a whole generation that came, with style, like with flavor, with everything right. else that the, 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 where the graffiti itself was the blueprint of what hip hop took as the, 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 the scene of the, you know, the, um, right. the hieroglyphs of the city, if you will. Mm-hmm. But, and also even in my generation, like coming up in my generation, like in my crews, there would be people that were straight hip hoppers. Right. Talking about name belt buckles and sh- right, shell right, toes right, and right. fat laces and like right. Lee Jean, like mm-hmm. I'm talking about straight B-boy characters, mm-hmm. Kango hats and everything. And they'd be right next to a dude with like a Slayer t-shirt on, cut off sleeves, some dirty vans, and some some OP shorts or something yeah. like that. You, know what I'm yeah. some, you have to be real West yeah. Coast surfer yeah, to understand some, some the OP brand. Okay? Yeah, yeah, yeah Ocean Pacific. I had OP shorts. Yeah, right. And so you see like these two people be in the same crew and this dude is a straight hip hopper. He's listening to Run DMC, BC Boys, right. Public Enemy, whatever's out at the time that he's, that he's rocking in my era. The other dude is listening to like he's into Quiet Riot or he's into mm. some har- hardcore Slayer or he's into Megadeth or he's into whatever, you know what I mean? Like, and right. he doesn't even listen to hip hop, but, but they're in the same crew painting a, a piece together. You know what I mean? So I think that hip graffiti is one of those things that 
at the time that hip hop culture was really forming in, in the minds of something that can be measured and quantified, you know, something that could be looked at as a thing rather than, you know, just a bunch of different elements floating around. When there was an able, a way to look at this and say, this is a snapshot of what it is. Hip hop was brought, I mean, graffiti was brought in as a part of that because that was what was on the walls. That's how the flyers got made. That's what was decorating the events. That was what was on the jackets and on the jeans and, and whatever the case is. And that energy, a lot of it was taken by the same kids that would create create the elements of, you know, different elements of what would be hip hop. Totally. But it did exist before hip hop. So for people that say it's not an element of hip hop, I think that's incorrect um, because it is an element of hip hop because for generations, hip hop has brought it in and said, this is going to represent us. But it's not only a hip hop thing. Like, you know, in the sense that, I mean, nothing is only anything. Like people can rap and say that's not hip hop if they want to. But mm, totally. realistically, that's an element of, of you know, in, in this case, I think hip hop, I mean, graffiti is just a little bit different because it's able to exist inside of hip hop completely comfortably as a welcome, complete mem family member. And at the same time around the world, there are plenty of people who don't listen to rap music or don't consider themselves to be hip hoppers that just love graffiti art as, a, as an aesthetic expression. Yeah, like I know like in the Bay, like a lot of my first dress code stuff that I considered hip hop was really just me being a black dude dressing like a cholo. Yeah, yeah, you know, you know yeah, what I'm saying? Yeah, like, yeah. because they had the, the whole mission district area. Yeah. Right. And like, uh, I went to school in South city and they used to wear, I don't know. Did they used to have derby jackets down there? They used yeah, to wear yeah, derby jackets. Some, a little something right? like that, yeah. yeah. So we had like derby jackets and then, and then, and then they had these other jackets, which I think were slightly different. And they used to call them sir jackets. Okay. And those were like, cause they were Sorenos and they would uh, have like on the back, like, you know, sir sleepy, sir, you know what I'm saying? Uh, Whatever. And so like, that was like a big part of it. But the way that they wrote was what I considered graffiti. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like when I saw hip hop, like it might be bubble letters or whatever in New York, but on the West yeah. Coast, it, it was, was like, 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 like Picasso's you know, or they're like more or, cal yeah. calligraphy, like calligraphy, a lot of cal calligraphic styles. Yeah. And, and those are the styles that even in Southern California as well, like, cause it's a lot of the graffiti in LA was based around, you know, uh, gang awareness. Like this is totally. our hood. So <laughs> you were like, you know, shout out to my man Conejo, um, G Rabs, but um, I was I was talking to him um, not too long ago about it because, uh, or maybe I don't know if we were talking or texting something like that. But we were we were mm. conversing about, hit, you know, the, the area by you know where he grew up, and uh, you got to be real sensitive about how yeah. you talk about the area around where he 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 grew up. And um, he uh, shout out to Conejo, yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And talking about like I remember as a kid going over to that area, and there would be like two story, tall blockbuster full like calligraphy class quality like professional calligraphy letters mm. like but the, the the length of a block and two stories tall just like yes. this is the hood you're in right. and it'll be fully filled in with thin line thick line outline sickness perfect. huh yeah and it would just be it would just be what it was you know um right and that, that was wasn't necessarily hip-hop you know no, what i'm no, saying no, that no, wasn't, wasn't necessarily hip-hop you know and a lot mean? of time, and a lot of those dudes that were doing that they didn't listen to rap music they were listening right. to they was listening they were listening war to, yeah, you know what exactly, i'm saying exactly exactly or old motown or old, <laughs> yeah. old cisco kid yeah you know what I'm right <laughs> and so and they would be doing these big like you know big yeah. gigantic things so it doesn't have it doesn't necessarily you know like but i think there's um there's definitely one of those things where when it when it connected it became a symbiotic relationship. When totally, it, it, yeah, yeah, you know yeah. What I'm saying like, and at that point, 
hip hop fed it. It feeds hip hop. It becomes a part of it. So it, it, I think it exists in a special space. Mm. I don't argue either way. Like if someone says it is an element, it, it absolutely yeah. is. If someone's okay, like cool. it's not, right. well, it's not only an element. Like it, it does exist outside of it as well. Mm-hmm. Now, do you where where did the Okay, so hold on before I, my last graffiti question is, I really feel like I've said in, in that hip hop is a weapon thing that a lot of the people who bomb traditionally right now, like let's say, let's say your name is Hex. Right. Okay. That right now, right, that it would be kind of dope if every bomber stopped using their traditional name and just bombed causes for a while. Right. Like you might be Hex, but right now you're education. You might be, yeah, uh, you might be Hex, but right now you are hunger. Right, right now yeah, yeah. you you Justice. are nonviolence. Yeah, yeah, you, yeah. you know what I mean? Right. Yeah, yeah. And and so that graffiti writers, coast to coast or globally, like shed their names for a while and 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 bomb causes that they care about. Well, if you for. go to when you go to other countries. Um, you go to Europe, you go to parts yeah. of Asia, South America, Central America, you, you see that a lot more. You see people Word. out there just bombing causes, bombing mm-hmm. phrases, bombing mm-hmm. messages, mm-hmm. getting the messages out there and, and using the walls as, as, the, as the, the canvas to do that. Um, yeah. You know, you know, in America, especially, you know, around the world too, but in America, especially a lot of it has to do with fame and brand and, and everything mm. else before yeah. it gets to message. So, right, 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 right. That's part of it, but there are people here making 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 strides too, making moves, and, and I think yeah. I think the things are changing slowly. I think you starting to I think artists are starting to realize the reach of their work because mm-hmm. there's so much uh, media coverage everywhere now. A lot mm-hmm. more work is being seen. Mm-hmm. That's true. You know, mm-hmm. there's a lot more opportunity to do work and to get stuff done for content. Yeah, and so I think people are starting to be a little bit more like, okay if it's a song, I could keep saying my name and how dope I am, but I could also start talking about the things that are going on in society. Even if it's not right. just bombing the cause, if you have the time to write something, put, put the cause and then put your name too. If you feel like you need to put your name also, then put your name too. But totally. Make sure that you, you know, I think there's, I think that's how you, you, you give back and you don't just look at, at, at society as something to, um, to use to your own, for your own devices. Mm-hmm. Um, and you have an More. opportunity to, to benefit society um, if you know, and and express the redeeming value that could be found in 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 that type of stuff, besides the the obvious artistry of it or the the expression of it, but there's actually some actionable things that can happen yeah. with it if it's if it's you know properly properly activated or weaponized or whatever the case may be. Yeah. Now you know, um, there's a lot of songs that I love from Dilated, and there's a lot of songs that I love from you know from from your solo album and there was that one track that you did with uh charlie tuna where you just broke down a lot of the la graffiti scene mm, mean streak you know what yeah. i'm saying dude mean streak i you know i still have a mean streak that i used <laughs> way back i still got classic, one classic. um and i got a 44 magnum and they still Crazy. work yeah both yeah, of them magnum. still work like yeah, I, I can magnum. if i shake my magnum if i hit it like that yeah. i can still get up with it you know what i'm saying um um can you tell me about the creation of that song? Because I love it. I played all the time. LP produced it, and he yeah. like flipped the colors beat, which was yeah. just bonkers to me. Can you talk about that song, man? Yeah, it was kind of crazy. Um, I wanted to do a graffiti record, and I didn't think that the L.A. graffiti story had been really broken down. Like, I mean, yeah. obviously, people sprinkle little elements here and there, but it wasn't really celebrated 
on a on a hip hop community cultural level like a lot of the New York scene mm-hmm. is celebrated. Agreed. Um, I think there was, if I'm not, I could be wrong about that, but I think the song is called End to End Burners, but there's a record that Company Flow did where, you know, LP's original That's group. right, that's right, that's yeah. right. And it was called End to End Burners, and it was basically like a record, like giving a shout out to a bunch of like the New York scene that helped Big Just basically kind of get, you know, cut his teeth and get his chops yeah. in, 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 the, uh, in the graffiti scene. And so that was always in the back of my mind, it, like I would love to do something like End to End Burners, but for LA. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. That was such a song, man. I mean, yeah. I remember when I heard when I heard Mean Street, I was like, no, he didn't just take the colors beat and flip it with new drums. Yeah, it was crazy and, because oh. LP, I think, if I, I, and I could be wrong about this because it's been like mm-hmm. 10 years now, but if I'm not mistaken, um, I think LP sent the beat to Ev for something. Right. And then Ev was like, yo, you should... <laughs> I could be wrong, but I think right, Ed right, was, right. It was, Ed was like, like the one that was like, "Yo, you should, you should do this one. You should do something with LP." And then I was like, "Yo, you know, be ill. It's mm-hmm. colors. It's mm-hmm. LP. I always want to do this end to end burners thing. I want to do this graffiti thing. Like, let me." And so I, I, I started writing it, and then I called Charlie Tuna, and I was like, "Yo, listen to this." I was like, "I need a, I need a hook for something." He's like, "For what?" I was like, "I need a hook for the song." He's like, "What is it about?" I was like, "It's a graffiti song." I was like, "I got, a, I got the first part." And like whatever I kicked the rhyme, it was it, it turned out I ended up rewriting it or something. But and a lot of it was like kind of like on the spot, like just mm, yeah, parts yeah, yeah. in the studio, like just yeah, chopping yeah. it, you know, freestyling kind of. Yeah, um, yeah. But the first time I kicked it for Charlie, I think it was like eight bars, and I ended was mm. ended with like Ben Baller was tased. Tuna wrote Chicagoism, yeah. and Tuna was like that was Chicagoism. Right. Like he's from right. Chicago, he moved out here, and he was yeah. a graffiti writer at Chicagoism IBM. And so he's like, oh, you know, <laughs> oh man. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah okay hold up homie i got you and so he, he hit me back a little few minutes later with the with the hook and we laid it down but and, i do so many push-ups to that all the time you don't even know me look like, uh, the crazy thing was there's actually that's three is a three verse song right like that yes that a three yes verse song. there's actually a fourth verse to the song that playing. but it was too it was too and and, and and to be fair, it wasn't like a, I, I recorded a fourth verse and then just cut it out the record and made right. the record shorter. Right, right, right. But as I was putting the piece, like I said, I didn't write it as like a song. I wrote a bunch right. of like scrap was, papers, yeah. napkins. Yes. I'm just freestyling. I'm kicking, you know what I mean? Like to get it in there. Um, and so uh, I ended up um, having like, the, I think the song was already like five, six. I don't know. It was super long mm-hmm. at that time. Mm-hmm. And LP and Ev called me separately like, yo, we got to try to figure out how to like, short the song is too yeah, long yeah, like you know yeah, what I'm yeah 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 so and he was like it's too much it's too much and i'm like right. i'm just kicking i'm just doing what i'm doing and he's yeah like, yeah too yeah much. so some kind of way i was like you know what and i ended up doing another rewrite which ended up being closer to like three verses three minutes or whatever yeah 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 not rewrite a re-recording of it mm. and then i was like you know what let's just leave it like that like late, another day i'll do like a remix and right and, and work on these other but yeah there's a there's more to the story that didn't even Bro. make it into the record I I love that and like you know it's always important for me that I mention any songs that that tell the West Coast stories. Appreciate you know what I mean? That. Of of because you know what I'm saying, you know. Plus like, I gave Dream I gave Dream as I gave Dream um, rest in peace a shout out. Dream from Oakland rest man. in peace a shout out and Dream from L A. They're both Dream. You know what I mean? They're, it's yeah, crazy. both no, of those brothers, man. And we lost both of those brothers, and they were you know from my understanding they were cool with each other. Like they didn't have any problems with each other. Man, they, Dream yeah. the Bay Area Dream was one of my favorite people. You know, I yeah, used to go to Billy Billy Jam used to throw these parties at his house, and like if you got invited to billy jam's parties it was a big deal you know what yeah. i mean and dream was always there and he, and he would never talk to me ever 
about graffiti. As soon as I came, he's like, Bishop. He was like, yeah. he'd give me a hug. He'd be like, so I was reading speeches of Malcolm X, right? And like, he would just, like, he, but like, man, man, like, he would like, like, never. And you know what, man? The only other person who was like that was Tupac. Tupac never talked to me about hip hop. <clears throat> like yeah. we all we talk he'd be like we'd be talking i'd be like yeah man i heard so-and-so got a show at the stone and he'd be like for real and he'd be like have you ever read revolutionary suicide yeah. <laughs> right, right. And i'd be like what and then you start right. talking so like we almost never he and i never you know same with dream man dream was amazing bro I'm, yeah, he's I a good excellent you know i only got to meet him one time but I, i'm a big yeah. fan of his work shout out to my man spy from irene nation like I yes. think that's how i met him okay. if i'm not mistaken spy yeah. spy might have introduced us yeah. but um yeah, man, just an extremely talented dude. Very, very well loved. Like you could tell, like he has pieces that are still Bro. up right now that are protected. You know what I mean? Like there's, I mean, it's, it's yeah. one of those things that was a tr very tragic situation from what I, you know, the, the information I heard. I didn't want to get too deep into it. But nah, there was, there was, yeah, he, he was, he, I, I don't think, did you, did you get, did you get to the Oakland Museum when, when I did the hip hop thing? I didn't, I was, I was in uh, Europe at the time when you were doing that. Okay. Movie. So there was a guy though, there was a guy and I, please, man, may Allah forgive me for forgetting his name, but he basically did a tribute to Dream, which was Dream's name bombed on a BART train. Uh which never happened. Right. But but his style was so legit that it looked like a photograph. Crazy. Bro. Crazy. Bro. Crazy. When I saw that in the spot in Oakland Museum of California, but yeah. I was like, wow. You know what I mean? Yeah. Now, um, moving from 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 the graffiti thing, I just wanted to talk to you about like, you know up here well i mean because peanut butter wolf wolf moved from the san jose bay area down to Mil milpitas area to, to la a lot of times i think people they tend to think of peanut butter as like a boom bap dude from around la or whatever yeah, but he's yeah, yeah. late like you know you guys were a real boom bap group you know from la yeah. you know loot pack you know some other folks like can you talk to me about like um because of course LA always gets kind of naturally because of Dre and the G funk, et cetera. Right. right. But like, can you talk to me about who are some of the producers of the early days of, of, of the boom bap sound of the West, like and and what you remember from those times, man. Um, as far as that sound goes, I mean, you had people like Broadway uh, who mm -hmm. was producing with exhibit, obviously E Swift, from the lick. E-Swift. Yeah, you can't ever, you can never, you talking about boom bap e producers. E-Swift. Hey, do you uh, remember when he rapped on King T's record? Of course. No, he raps, and he raps what? on a lot of alcoholic stuff too. Like, yeah. you. But yeah, like, yeah. that was before alcoholics, right? Wasn't oh, yeah, it, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. That King yeah, E-Swift, yeah. the man yeah. in the mix. Yeah. Like, when yeah, I heard yeah, yeah. that, I was like, oh yeah. my God, yeah. E-Swift is a savage. I was like, I didn't that's, even know he had it. Yeah, that's my family. That's a brother right there. Um, so he was making moves um, early, you know, making things happen. I mean, even though I think he's originally from Ohio, but he like you know, yeah, alcoholics yeah. represent West Coast, sure. represent LA. Same with Mugs, like coming out and bringing that, uh, that Soul Assassin sound. Um, yeah, people like, um, what's his name? Skate Master Tate. Yeah, just crazy people that you wouldn't even hear, like the names you don't even hear that much now, but they were around at that time, like really, you know, making some things happen. And also, it wasn't like, like people had like some drum machines back then, but it wasn't like, it wasn't like it is now, you know what I mean? It wasn't I, like the same, you know, you had, I mean, DJ Lethal, 
you know, Jay the Record Turner. You had, lethal, yeah, but you taking yeah. it back. Uh, you had people, Ralph M. You know, Ralph, Ralph M. was making big bad beats on that SP. Um, who else was doing it, man? There were just, a, it was a, there were a lot of Baker Boys. Shout yeah. out to the Baker Boys. They were they, they the ones that produced Pistol Grip Pump for Volume 10. So, like, you know what I mean? Like, can yeah. you can you run a riddle for me? Because this this is an aspect. I just watched the Beastie Boys thing on Apple TV, right? Okay. Did you see that? I haven't. Okay. It's pretty dope. Okay. Um, one of the things, though, like, there are certain things, like, you know, as a nerd, like, I love the Beastie Boys. Yeah, I was... I was one of the few people who didn't know that Paul's Boutique wasn't a hit because I was so right. blown away by it. was such it. an amazing piece like, of work. I was, I was like, man, like, they've evolved so much. It's like, look at this. It's growth. Yeah. Amazing. I was yeah. like, is no one listening to Car Thief and Shadrach? Yeah, yeah. I don't, how yeah. are people complaining about yeah, this record, right? Shadrach could be in the go. Ah, Shadrach. <laughs> <laughs> right? Because, like, you don't even get, like, uh, like on, on, like, on a nerd level, like, you don't even get what was that public enemy song? We are at war. Yeah, oh, yeah. That's Shadrach. That's a yeah. one break from the from the extended version of Shadrach. Crazy. That like Chuck D and Terminator X turned Buck Wildin. Yeah, Terminator you know X. I mean? Buck Wildin. Buck Wildin. Yeah. 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 You know what I'm saying? Like, so uh, when I was looking at at the at the Beasties uh, documentary, I was blown away by because he was explaining how he had met uh, Matt Dyke and the Dust Brothers mm -hmm. at some kind of Hollywood party. This is Ad mm -hmm. Rock talking. Yeah. Did you know about those guys? Yeah, well, then? strangely, um, Dilated ended up Dust signing, well, Dilated, we did our deal with, um, our final record deal uh, right. with Capitol Records. But the first people to put a contract in front of us after we left uh, Immortal and yeah. split from Lethal at the time, yeah. Shout out to Lethal too. That's that's still my brother though. I've known Lethal work, since work. elementary school. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. Once we split from Immortal and Lethal on a business level, um, we were already hip to Dust Brothers because of their work with the Beastie Boys. Yeah. And the first savage production. Out, Good. They Lord. reached out. They're like, "Yo, we just got a record deal through um, Disney. Disney gave them a record." Yeah, that's label. right. That's yeah. right. I remember yeah. Disney had a hip hop label. Yeah, and they and they 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 basically gave Dust Brothers a deal, and Dust Brothers offered us a deal the very first deal we had the numbers weren't right we were like we waited a long time there was, <laughs> you should have seen yeah, your like, face <laughs> yeah like, like <laughs> it was just one of those things where you wait a, we waited a long time we were already going through stuff we had already put right. out records we were already making moves we already had things happening right interest and <clears throat> they're like we want to do it we're just waiting on our on the, as soon as the funds come through we're going to do this we're going to get it right. right and the offer that came through was like a like an independent size deal you're like i know you just didn't say disney's name and offer yeah. me these shekels right yeah here. i'm like I, I thought they were missing like it was a typo you missing a zero or like <laughs> there's like a decimal points in the wrong place commas off you know can what we mean? carry like, the one bro can we yeah. carry the one but <laughs> they were like they were super cool like the dust brothers as, as far as people go they yeah, 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 cool. yeah, yeah they had a house in um in silver lake early like and around the time uh, when the beastie boys first moved over there excuse me so they would invite us to come over and just chill listen to music yeah hang out they'd have like barbecues and stuff like yeah, that yeah, yeah. Go and they were just always super cool but just the the offer that came through that just wasn't the offer ideal. we were looking for so not we ended up not doing the deal but whenever we saw them after that as far as it I was, was all love. I always loved yeah, yeah. yeah so nah man that's dope man so now fast forward talk to me about your introduction to jujitsu like when it happened how it happened and then you know um we've both been doing jujitsu on and off for ever mm -hmm. 
Uh, tell me about. Off, I gotta. I gotta say, I've been doing it off and on at this point. I gotta switch the order of <laughs> <laughs> off and on, not on and off. It's more off than on. More off and on for me, but yeah, for you. <laughs> yeah, man. Oh my um, god. I started like as a kid. I did martial arts, like different types of martial arts, mm-hmm. as a, you know, growing up. Um, mm-hmm. So it was always something that I was into. And then as I got older, um, it became something that I was a fan of on the media side, like watching movies, watching mm-hmm. documentaries, reading. What were some of the Kung Fu flicks and stuff like that that you used to like? Because my entry was Bruce Lee, Return of the Dragon. The first one that I fell in love with, the, the very first Kung Fu movie that I fell in love with, um, even though I had seen other ones, mm-hmm. was Game of Death. Mm-hmm. Because it was a top, because every level was a different style and it was like Korean. It was like it seemed very like as a kid, it seemed like Bruce Lee was fighting other superheroes and had to make it like a video. Dude, game. It was so yeah. crazy. Yeah, but I didn't know like behind the scenes. I didn't know about like, you know, I didn't know what was happening. Like I didn't know about him. I was too young to understand his death. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, you of course, know, of course. Stuff. Right, right, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> but um Game of Death was the first one I fell in love with. Then I went back as you know, I was still super young, but mm. once I fell in love with that one, then i I started finding people that had like or they would come on Sunday on a Kung Fu theater or something like that, or you know Black Belt theater, or whatever you would watch the movies. Oh my gosh! Um, but then there were always like the you know the Shaw Brothers movies. There were just a, yeah. there was a bunch of different different things that, and those were like the you know like you know you see like you know the Five Deadly Venoms or like yep you know just I, just there were just a, you know just a bunch of different things that were happening at the time. But I would watch them every like I was a church kid too, so like yeah. whenever we weren't in church on Sundays, we try to catch it if we got it you know got in time. Sometimes there would be. I forget, there was Black Belt Theater and there was Kung Fu Theater. And one of them had like the thing at the end where um, they would have like the different people that would come out and they would show moves. You know they I mean? would, like, that's yeah, right. Yeah. yeah. So that was like, to me, that was like, and so as I got older, um, I ended up, you know, being into martial arts myself, um, Taekwondo, Shotokan, a uh, little Kempo, you mm-hmm. know, a little bit of Western boxing, some wrestling, mm-hmm. but just mm-hmm. messing around. Um, and then later on in life, um, UFC one came about right 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 and that was just like I just wanted to watch it like I didn't know what yep. was what was popping so I watched that and I was like oh that's crazy UFC two came about then right. it was like yo this is kind of ill like I'm starting to see with this jujitsu thing and this other stuff well, did, is that when he fought seven when Hoist Gracie fought seven or was that three I, I think that was three if I think it was three yeah, yeah. I think that might have been three but it was the second one that came out the second the second time I saw Hoist my homeboy that lived in Torrance was like, mm-hmm. yo, let's, he was all, he was like, you know, a little bit smaller. He was a lot smaller, yeah, not yeah. a lot smaller, but he was like a smaller dude. And yeah. he'd always be like, aggro, let's go wrestle, let's go scrap, let's go spark. <laughs> so I'd be like, all right, I would just throw him around the backyard. You know, my homie, shout, out, <laughs> yeah, yeah. shout out to my homeboy, Glenn Floho, my man, G-Wiz. But um, yeah, I would just flow my man, DJ G-Wiz around the backyard. <laughs> and, uh, and then one day, like, he was just like, and he didn't want it for a while. Then one day we were watching like UFC 2, I think, and he's just like, yo, let's go in the backyard. I was like, huh? Like, like that was weird. Like, again? Now, you really? All right. Like, you know what I'm saying? And the dude, like, I could tell already, like, he was still, like, he couldn't do what he wanted to do, but I could tell he, I was like, hey. What was that? Right. And so he's like, yeah, I'm taking, I, I'm, I'm training with the Gracies now. They, they have a school in Torrance right by my house. What? I'm like, what? Is that what's up? So anyway, he ended up inviting me to come down for a free lesson, like a free uh, introductory lesson. And... From there, I, I like after the first lesson, I was hooked. Like just the very first class. How could you not like, be? Yeah, like, as soon as I walked in, also what was crazy was like I walk in the, I walk into the um, you know, through the front doors, and there's like the the, the welcome desk right there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
And um, just the old, the old academy right there. You know, the, the one, the, the original one, the original, original Torrance, but yeah, the original Torrance. Oh geez, if you did with 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 jujitsu, <laughs> old school Torrance, bro. Torrance. He yeah. was there. You yeah, know, exactly. that was there. You know what I mean? When Halio was like walking around, yeah. like, oh, what's this? You know what yeah. I'm saying? Yeah, exactly. That's what I'm talking about. So we walk, I look, I look over to the left, and I'm like, I see somebody like, like, kind of like, you know, elbows on the counter, like talking yeah. to the person there in a gi, black belt on, like, yeah. and I'm like in line, like I don't know, right. I'm waiting to like sign in or like yeah. to say I'm here, like I don't, right, right. and I don't know if I got too close or if there was just like a natural turnaround, right. but all of a sudden it seemed like like that. Hoist Gracie was like in my face, like it was Hoist. I didn't know he was like right. leaning over, like I was behind him in line. He was like talking to the person, and I guess he, I don't know if, like I said, I don't know if I was too close or if he was just ready to go anyway. Right. He just like stood up and turned right around, and it was like, I'm like, oh, <laughs> this isn't what I, I didn't, you know what I mean? Like, let me just, you know, I said, hopefully this, like it was just like an immediate, like, wow, this is why I'm here. Like, you know, you go, <laughs> you go into the lion's den, and you happen to just turn around, and like face you went face into the, the forest, and you saw Yoda. Yeah, you yeah, know the, yeah like, the, not a Yoda, not, but the one. The Yoda, yeah. right? I'm like, yo, man. But yeah, um, but from then on, like, um, I, I just fell in love with it. The energy that was there, like, yeah, um, like I think it was so long ago. Like, I think Hiron might have been a blue belt and Henner might have still been like in the top of the children's classes like a right. orange or a green belt but he was teaching the children's classes right, but right, 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 I right. think you have to be like 15 or something like right, that right, it was right, like right, an right, age right. thing I think he was 16 was a cut off well I don't yeah. know you might be right I think yeah yeah I think 16 is when you get blues something like that but whatever it was Hiron had already when I first started training Hiron was already because uh, he's a year already or two that. older so he was already mm-hmm. you know wearing adult belts but it was it wasn't until but Henner, who was probably close to at that time, if you know, if not equally yeah, as good, yeah, yeah. you know what I mean? Like because they're yeah. they trained together all the time. Yeah, yeah, of course. Just because of his age, he was right. still in a, in the youth classes. Um, a couple of, couple of them weren't born yet. Halleck was definitely a, a little kid in the youth classes. You know what I'm saying? Halleck like, was Halleck. His dad, uh, Horion, told me about Halleck because he was just telling me how he had, you know come up with his name. Yeah. He's like, I have a son named Halleck because he knew I was Muslim. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what right. I mean. So it was deep, you know. Like um, I remember Kaike. You know yeah, what I'm Kaike saying? Was there? Yeah. Kaike you know what I'm saying? There, yeah. Like blood. Like come on, blood. Like yeah, this OG's a, West Coast martial arts, dog. You better recognize out here. Bro. I don't know what I, you know. I don't get into the politics of it. There was a split yeah. of Kaike, and he ended up doing his own thing. But it came a few years after that. After but, after I went there. Yeah, for me, I think the same thing for the at least for the first year or two that I was training there. Yeah, he was still there. And, and he was he, he was the mad enforcer. For yeah, yeah, yeah. He was know. like like that was a name. Like he came in there and it's Kaike, you know what I'm saying? Kaike. You were gonna get seen yeah. if you had problems or you were unclear on something, Kaike was the one that was gonna Because Hoist wasn't there. Hoist had his own thing. He was UFC and he had his own thing. All the rest of the brothers had their own thing. So Kaike was like basically the way I saw it was like the the family enforcer, even though he wasn't like a Gracie, he was like, hey, bro. like, like that kind of real for the for the for the for the for the um for the academy for the school. Um, but yeah, that was, so I ended up starting to train there and mm-hmm. I just stayed with it. There was, you know, I ended up meeting like Ed from Sinister who now, um, you know, what is it? LFA? Or is it LFA? Yeah, yeah. LFA. Yeah. I think I was yep. getting confused on him. Give him a shout out for the wrong organization, but, um, shout out to my man, Ed Suarez from Sinister who ended up doing Black House Gym and all that other hey, stuff as well. Yeah. Sinister was my first gi sponsorship. Sinister. I was out, me and I think there was somebody, who was it? I feel like there was one other person, but I don't remember who it was. Shout out. That was my first gi sponsorship, but I remember when I got my gi in the mail, I was like, I have arrived. Yeah, they were, I was, that was my first, like, they were like, you know, they were, they had a studio built in 
to the um that's what i heard but oh, i was, I was never down compella. that's what it was the homie compella yeah yeah yeah, yeah 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 compella he was also rhyming at the time and he was um heavy into jujitsu so they even built a studio at the sinister at the sinister warehouse or yeah. warehouse yeah yeah, yeah, yeah to yeah. like have like a but and then they had um oh shit uh, passing the guard the tv show passing the guard i remember that, that like it a, existed. i never really saw it it wasn't, it wasn't, it was like on channel 56 or like it was on, it was, it was super early, like still. Like, I just knew it was just an idea. Like people would talk about it because I'm up yeah. here. So I never saw it. Mm. I think it was public access. I think it was a public access show, but it was like yeah. really early for like a public access jujitsu show. And so like, I remember going to like, going to uh, uh, different events with Ed and like, he yeah. was me on to do it like. He was letting me do like some color commentary. I remember interviewing like Mayhem Miller and different people like that. For, Mayhem Miller? Yeah, for like passing the guard, for the, interviewing him for like the TV show. So oh I've been around God. the scene for a long time. And like, I just yeah. fell in love with the man. And I was, I was early and got tight with the family. And, it, and I was blessed to have been and been able to go to do multiple seminars with yeah, Haley Gore, rest in peace, and, and do a lot of family stuff. And, and uh, yeah, man, that was, that's what it was. It was just a, a good time. You know, it was crazy. Um... I, I tell people this all the time, like, um, cause, cause my cross choke is highly regarded yeah. and I took time to really study it from Gumby, you know, shout yeah. out to Gumby, whole yeah. squad of heroes, sounds Jose, you know what I'm saying? Um, but I remember one time you were so kind. I was like, yo, come, come to heroes, man. You had a show, oh, yeah. you know what I'm saying? He comes in, my man is like. No, not in the let's keep it. <laughs> <laughs> he is not in the mood for So it was my release party the night before in Oakland or San Fran. I forget where it was. I think it was, I want to, I feel like it was in the town though. Yeah, I, yeah, I think it was. It was, it was a full on release party for Crown of Thorns the night before. And Yo, I, on the way home, he's like, just stop by on the way home. I'm like, oh, all right. But he put man. his gi on like a G. <laughs> and you know what's funny? My, my entire plan because I'd been studying the cross choke from Gumby because I was like, I could, I could never get a cross choke going. <laughs> and, um, or if I did, like it always failed. So I had abandoned it for years. Uh. I was just like, you can't do a cross choke. Mm. So I was, I, was, I was doing what Gumby told me and my cross choke is getting better. But you came and I was like, <coughs> excuse me, cross choke me really quick. <laughs> and he was like, oh, okay, hold on a second. He was like, whew, whew. and I was like, eh! <laughs> I was like, I was in the air left. You know what I'm saying? Like, 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 like yeah. <laughs> right? And I was like, okay, hold on. <laughs> do, do that again, do it again. <laughs> right? So I was like, yo, I was like, how, blood? Show me. And it was so deep because, like, between what Gumby gave me and what you gave me, my cross choke became like instantaneous. Deadly. Ooh, no, as soon as soon as I get that first one in, yeah, it's a wrap. <laughs> Smack. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, uh. like, like, and it just tripped me out because um, I remember meeting Helio for the first time. You know, Hiron yeah. uh, was a green belt, and he was my main translator mm -hmm. for the interview. I still, I just found that cassette tape. Crazy. And. Um, you know, like, to realize in that moment that, like, from Helio to Horion to Hiron to you to me, mm. you know, like, the details of that technique, 
you know, yeah. from you and from Gumby, you know, from the details that Hal gave to Gumby and Gumby mm-hmm. figured out on his own, the details that, you know, take came to you. And then it was really nuts because a few years later, Hal, it comes up and I take him to Heroes and we were sparring, man. He like cross choked me into the next millennium. <laughs> but it, was, it wasn't just that he cross choked me because that was kind of to be expected. Yeah. There was a, a way that he drilled his hand movements going yeah. like in and out of my gi. Yeah, yeah. And he through, basically through, had like my, it. he basically had my neck like a, like a wooden dummy in Kung Fu. Right, like, like a wing chun, like a wing chun, and I was like, yo, I'm getting totally mopped right now. But it wasn't like, oh, I'm getting mopped. It was like, this is amazing, right? Like, you're witnessing, like the the precision. Like, I was so aware. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, you know what I remember about that. When did you start realizing? I was gonna say what I remember about that that thing was aside from um, all the, the, the great lead in to how the night went before and how I got there was, um, was um, a high mount that you had, like a high mount that I had never felt. I was like, what is that this? That was like, Gumby. I, yeah, because yeah, like, we were sparring and then like Gumby had taught me how like, to hike my mount. Yeah, I was like, I don't, it was, I felt kind of awkward. Like, what, what, what's going on? You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I felt, obviously I've been training a long time with a lot of people. Right. I just didn't, I didn't have any context for what was happening. I didn't understand why it was something so simple in, in theory was working so well and having, having me so yo, far. Like, I was like, yo, that's like, yeah. Yo, what, at that time, because I think I was a purple belt. Yeah. Dog, if I got the mount. Yeah. I was using Gumby's. <laughs> I was using Gumby's whole high mount maintenance thing, yeah. and then I was taking that arm or doing yeah. this unnecessarily uncomfortable cross yeah. choke while, yeah. while your arms are all like, "Yeah, open. I was like, what is this? Like, what is going on? Like, I never like the, the approach and the way that it happened was very deliberate. It wasn't like yeah. happenstance. It wasn't like you just ended up there. We're wrestling around, and you just yeah. ended up high and made it work. Like it no, was very much but... like I could feel it happening, and I couldn't stop it. But I also was like. I don't know what I should be stopped. You know what I'm saying? I didn't know how to. Like, how do I, how do I, how do I fix the position? Or even what are, what are they trying to do? Because it seems like they're just crawling up high, which will put you off balance, right? But right. it doesn't. Like, if you do it the right way, <laughs> it it, you actually like, control the top, the whole top of the body. Like, it's ill. Like, it's an ill. It's an Ill Yo, man. Yeah. That's, that's it, why it I love like Gumby, man. Like, in theory, it seems like it shouldn't work, but it does. Like, it's Yeah, Ill. I think Gumby calls that the rodeo mount. Okay. The yeah. rodeo mount. Uh. It's not cool. Yeah, no, it's not. It's, it's really a frustrating situation to be there. Yeah, and you know, recovery is. Remember, sorry, that's a question. I also because no, no. that happened pretty quick. Like you got me in that mount pretty quick. Like I was just like, <laughs> so I remember like there were some like white belts. So there was like two or three other people in the class that were just there for like it was a Saturday or something. Yeah, like, yeah, it was, it was slow. It was slow. Yeah, it was, like, yeah, it was, it was slow. something very quiet. Yeah, almost seemed like a private type of. It was. It was semi-private for sure. And there were like two white belts or blue belts that were just there. And I remember them thinking like, I, I remember the, right when we start, right when we slapped this, I heard one right. of them say. Oh man, two purple belts. This is gonna be good. <laughs> <laughs> and then about then about 10, 20 seconds later, I was like, "What are you doing? What is, what is that? What's going on? <laughs> My arms? <laughs> I can't stop." <laughs> I was like, "This is this is a little bit embarrassing." You have a whole have a whole two person audience that was waiting for this. <laughs> they were looking for the epicness. Yeah, they were looking for all of the epicness. They needed all of that. They got none of it. Uh, <laughs> they, got they, they, they got the same lesson in the high mount and, 
and later a lesson that cross choke that I that we gave. <laughs> they didn't see anything special from me. <laughs> nah, but that's because you didn't cross choke them. They would they would have known. They would have known. And you know what? I think, man, like there were a few pictures from that day, but like I've got a picture of Gumby coaching you through the high mount. Oh yeah, uh, it's, the, it's the it's the one that I use as my um. If you go to my Twitter page right now, it's it's been my Twitter. Profile oh, for real? photo or like my ba- not profile, but my yeah, um, but the, the the banner. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, the header photo, whatever. I didn't even realize that, man. Two years. You know what, like man? Yeah. I I got off Twitter, man. Yeah. I just got back, bro. Like, like it's there. I'm not, like hip hop chess is there. I'm I'm just <laughs> I'm not, I'm not back. <laughs> I, when, to be honest, I'm not. I I don't. I just feel like I, every time I walk into Twitter, every time I log on or go on to yeah. Twitter, unless I'm going there because it's a link that I'm following or something like that. Right. Like if I just go log on to my feed, it feels like I walked into a room where everybody's already either arguing or laughing or debating or something else. And I'm like, I look around and I'm just, I just back out the room. You know what it's like? You know what I'm saying? It's like high school, you know, the the, the jocks table. Yeah. Yeah. Then you got like the, the ghetto chicks who's getting ready to start. Or the cafeteria or whatever. And you're kind of, you're looking around with your tray. Like, where do I, I can't sit? Over there. You know what? I'm just gonna go sit by the tree. I'm gonna go sit over here by the. I'm just gonna eat, walk and eat. I don't know. I don't even want to be in here. <laughs> Yo, that is what Twitter has become, bro. So hilarious. Well, you know, Instagram also is like it's interesting because Instagram, when I first got on it, was very creative, very artistic. Yeah. That's how I looked at it. And now it's um like it's very political, and you get a you get a sense like 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 you look at the pic the pictures are like the posts are beautiful and mm-hmm. then you know there, there's love in the posts and hatred in the comments you know what i mean oh, it's like good insight right there yeah you know what i mean and i think i think what's what you know what you have a lot of people getting partial stories misinformation you have people hiding behind internet you or have people that propaganda are, son you have all that mixed in with people that have that just want to see the world burn and then actual agents of I mean, provocateurs just want to see the world burn yeah. which is hella real yeah. and i always wonder where did those people come from yeah like why How did you, you just... decide like man i'm gonna just yeah i'm gonna stand on the bridge and just light it while i'm on here i'm on the bridge too but yeah. never mind you know what i'm saying like why would you want to burn like we're all in the same bubble are you on another planet are you in a spaceship and trying yeah. to blow it up on the way off like bro. i don't get it but you know it's, it's it's really interesting you know in la especially too um it's de- it's touchy, but in LA, especially too, there's like you know uh, politics, as mm. it, as it's called, like street politics, which mm. which is very you know which which can be racial or nationalistic. A lot yeah, of it is yeah, based yeah, in what goes on on the inside, and that's that's politics exists. You know, not mm-hmm. just in LA, but the nature of LA politics, even as it even in com- uh, comparison to you know Bay Area politics, you know, what I mean, or Northern yeah. California politics. Yeah, culturally, it's a different baseline like they're coming from a you know culturally from a different place and how everyone's looking at everyone like mm-hmm. street culture street culture wise like mm-hmm. and so you know there's you know there's a lot of opportunity in things like twitter and mm-hmm. instagram to really build bridges of solidarity what is bond um to really connect dots um there's also a lot of opportunity with tools like instagram and twitter yep to stoke flames of ignorance and hatred um you know misplaced nationalism time wasters absolutely and and especially when there's you're trying to distract from something that's actually constructive not just distracting to take someone's time but when they're trying to do something 
positive and constructive and you're distracting to disrupt that construction yes. and positivity. Yes. yes. So, um, you know, LA has a, um, a heavy black and brown thing. A lot of it is based in, um, you know, uh, incarceration politics. It's like prison, you know, prison, prison gang related stuff. And a lot of it is them. based in that. And then, and then you have, because of the nature of the prison industrial complex and, and, mm-hmm. and state issues that exist, you have a lot of people circulating through that situation. And you deal with some ignorance and some, you know, some racial mm-hmm. aggression once or something you can write, you mm-hmm. know, but if it's something that you're dealing with multiple times, cause you're in the face of it multiple times, mm-hmm. that does start to shape how you start to see other people. Yeah. And yourself and right? yourself. Like, absolutely. Yeah, who you and, are, you know what yeah, I'm saying? And how, who they, who you are, who they are and, 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 what the connection or divide between those things should be like, you know what I mean? Like, Word. um, it, it, you know, it, it, on any level, like where, where that line should be to separate. Mm-hmm. If, if I'm saying I'm me and you're you, what is the thing that separates us? And what, how important is that separation? What does that separation entail? Is it, is yep. it hate based and intolerance based? Yep. Is it educational and culturally, you know, right. cultural upliftment based? Like we're separate because I want to learn more about you. Like that's a positive you know, that could be a positive or, thing. I'm recognizing that I don't know what you know, so let me mm-hmm. more engage. Um, but I think there's a lot of intolerance. You have a lot of energy. You have a lot of people reacting to other stuff. You have a lot of people that, that leave their buttons exposed and their buttons mm-hmm. get pressed. And when the buttons get pressed, mentalities come in. And because of the nature of Los Angeles, especially the, the fact that it's not a lot of people forced to interact yep. like this. It's like a lot of people yeah. swimming around and, you know, yep. moving around. But it's not like people are on BART together. It's not like people are on the subway together. It's not like, you know, which which is in a lot of places. Um, And so you don't really have to interact with people. You interact with people where you're going, when you get where you're going, you interact to get through that interaction and then you get back in your car or you get back in your, on the bus, I guess, whatever, however you got there. Yeah. And you go back to whatever, wherever your Island is, your bubble is, your, you know, your base is. Yeah. And, And so there's never this sense of like, true community that really gets a chance mm-hmm. to really take fold in LA. Um, and even inside of communities, I think it's also important to know that, you know, there's some really important conversations that are happening right now that, you know, like, you know, I, I can look at everything that's going on right now. Um, with, you know, with what's happening in the streets right now, mm. I could be cynical about it. Um, right. I could be, uh, the, I can go the opposite with it and I can just be blindly, um, aligned with it and just say, mm-hmm. as long as the word, you know, black is in it, then I'm but, yeah, where, yeah, where do yeah, I yeah, sign yeah. up? <laughs> but, but what I think needs to really be recognized is that maybe more so than ever, there are mm-hmm. conversations that are happening in, in, in communities. Uh, more so than ever, there are conversations in the black community about self-accountability. More than ever, there are conversations happening in, in the Asian community generationally between the kids and their parents about anti-blackness or about yes or even not even if necessarily anti-blackness but as but anti-blackness being the the most defined and i guess the end the end result i guess of colorism even in those communities like bro you know saying like those type of things you look at these things and you start to realize these are important conversations that are finally happening these are, there are people that are checking their own family members for being racist right now. There are people that are saying, we're not down with that. Like they're, yeah. they're mixed, they're mixed kids. I'm a mixed kid. You know what I'm saying? Like I, you know, I'm, my mother's from, from Ilsan, so from Korea. So, but there are people, mixed kids having to have like, like, nah, don't, I'm not the exception to the rule. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, don't just look hey. at me, You know what I mean? Like there, there are those conversations being had. And I think all of these things need to happen and we need to, 
allow and encourage these conversations to happen because solidarity can be a real thing. Hey, um, yeah. So real. No, no, no. Yeah. That is the thing. Two weeks ago, I was on with Chewy Gomez. Shout out to Chewy. Chewy. I mean, um, and I was saying, I was like, look, like my uncle threw Carlos Santana's first show at Mission High School. You know what I'm saying? My aunt was the best friend of his wife. Like, like my family's like, you know what I mean? Like 20th in Mission. Okay. Exactly. When I was when I was young, the first low rider bike that I saw, 1979. Okay, right. at Dolores Park. Right. Okay, before all the tech bros showed up. Right. Yeah, 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 yeah. And so low riders, all of that was part of my youth. Right. And it's Cali. We from we're the, from Cali. It's part man, of our come environment. On, bro, the yeah, yeah. first racial alliance that I knew because I was from the Burbs. Yeah. But when I when I went to go see my grandma, the first racial alliance I knew was blacks and Latinos. I didn't have another frame of reference. Right. For a racial alliance other than blacks and Latinos until after high school, man. Right. And the thing is, is like I was saying on Chewy Shaw, it's just like, you know, until the cartels and the and the jail stuff came in, yeah. we were always down, right? What, what what are the brown berets? You don't have brown berets unless you have Black Panthers, right? Like Absolutely. straight up, right? Like right. like people don't know that the Panthers you had brown berets. The Chinese were called the Red Guard. Yeah, it was even like a white branch that I'm you know forgetting right now. Yeah. and I mean it was it was multiracial, multicultural, and it was always mutual. You had respect. AIM, you had Young Lords, you had yeah, AIM. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, Come yeah, on, man, like, Young Lords. Yeah, and 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 that's absolutely right. You have these you have these organizations coming together already in solidarity. But here's, here's something that I think that this is when we get touchy because we know each other. So, uh, you know, we, we, we get to some touchy points, you know what I'm saying? Which is basically, you know, I think it's important that reciprocity is a part of moving forward. So as it we- has to be, It has to be the cornerstone of it. Exactly, because as we have solidarity and we have people coming together in a cause because, uh, uh, you know, uh, people of a particular race are being mm-hmm. disproportionately, you know, uh, yeah. uh, killed by uh, law enforcement officers. Right. Um, and that banner, Make it plain. That, ban- that banner becomes a it becomes a black issue rather than a humanity issue or a social Word. justice issue. Word. But you still have everyone respond. Not everyone, but you still have other a communities response. A very diverse and powerful response, even in communities that historically haven't had like you know very. So- you have like East LA for Black Lives mm-hmm. Matter, like which mm-hmm. isn't like you know in modern times that's not like the, the biggest. Right, you know, I black know community. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Like the shout so, out to Boyle Heights. Yeah, Boyle, shout out. Exactly, shout out to Boyle Heights. Um, you start to see that there's a sense of unity. Yeah, a sense of solidarity. But we also have to be careful about a very strong sense of solidarity with the Asian community. You know, with them right. really coming out and showing Black Lives Matter. Um, strong sense of community with with uh with members of the white community yeah i call it that way that really understand the yeah. facts are going on but again it's touchy but we have to be careful 
to really focus on the understanding that these issues are going to affect other communities as well. No, it's a and big we need deal. to stand in. We need to be prepared to reciprocate. We need to be prepared right. to make solidarity mutual. Um, right. As people on both sides of that coin, man. On both sides of that coin, and also we also need to be careful not to make police injustice synonymous with or simplify police injustice to the point where it's strictly a black issue. Oh, no, no, no. I yeah, think that you're, yeah. that you're spot on. And one yeah. of the things I've been doing at Bishop Chronicles on, um, on IG is making sure like there was a young man named uh, Sean Monterosa. He was killed, right? The hammer. I, I, yeah, when I, when yeah, I, yeah, yeah, I, saw, I, I saw you make I, that post. I post and about and the I'm market. always like, right? And I put hashtag brown lives matter. Right. And hashtag BLM. Because right. I'm letting you know, like, I see you. I'm right. I'm not, and and I'm that's not, a lot of times what, like, that's the power we have. We have the power right. to reciprocate. We have the, sh- the power to be respectful. We have the power to, um, to, uh, to show that, that support in kind. And mm-hmm. the solidarity comes from it not necessarily directly impacting me, but me recognizing that we need to come together to, to address this thing. Yep. But I just think we, and that solidarity has been there. You know, you see people, you see people at war with their own fan bases and yeah. family to say like black lives matter in places where that's not popular to say. And it's, right. And know, it can that, be dangerous. Yeah. It, it cause, it can cause big rifts, generational, generational you know, rifts. Absolutely. Street rifts. It could cause all yeah. kinds of issues. If one it's of not, my, yeah. one of my young homies who I used to mentor, um, he, I saw him post on, uh, IG about like going back and forth with he's Filipino about yeah. you know with his pops about you know what I mean racial stuff I was right. yo like I couldn't do none but salute him man and that reciprocity you know really has to be there man and I really appreciate that sentiment because um as we go as we as we pivot from the initial emotional response to and hopefully towards a long lasting meaning new understanding that that yeah. reciprocity uh is 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 imperative it's yeah, imperative I mean, it's, it's, it, without it it's it's going to it's going to cause a, a a blowback on the situation without it it's going to cause people yeah. to feel like unappreciated disrespected yeah. um it's going to make people feel like you know I looked out for you and you didn't look out for me so I guess yeah. that's what it is then you know what I mean like well and and, and you know it's that's and that's easy to do without mm-hmm. there being things to point to. And that's why, like, you know, you, you know, you, you put a post up about um, the brother that passed away when he got he got shot when they thought the hammer was his was. The, yeah. Uh, yeah. Was yeah. Shot, yeah. Um, Sean Monterosa. Sean, Sean, Sean Monterosa. Yeah. Yeah. So, so you put the post up saying that, you know, there's a there's a march that's going on. Yeah. That's being put on. And it, you know, we're, we're showing, I've seen you put up things in jail, like where you're like, yep. you know, with some of the brown At brothers. San Quentin, yeah, on, yeah, the, on, the yard. on the yard. On the yard, the baby blues or whatever it is. Yeah, yeah. And, but if you put like, in a decent banjoko San Quentin, you're going to see that shot. Yeah. And Guard so, tower in the back. But the problem is that that's not sensational. What's sensational right. is when somebody does something negative to somebody else. And one of the things in one of your books that I read, and I'm, I'm at a loss right now, so forgive me to, to know exactly where cool. it was in their book, but I believe it was in, in um, the Bobby the, Bruce in the Bronx. No, the, the, the small one, the first one. That you oh, did. the, the lyrical source volume two, West Side. Lyrical source volume two. That's, I think that's yeah, yeah. what it was. Yeah. It could, because I'm, I'm not sure exactly, but I've read multiple, multiple yeah, yeah, books yeah. of yours, but there's <laughs> yeah. a piece of yours that I always come back, come back to 
where you say, you know, and this is paraphrasing, but, you know, judge a community by the best of their representatives instead of the worst. Yeah, instead of the worst. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Something to that effect. That is in volume two. That's in volume two, right? Yeah, Yeah. so that always stuck with me because I think that that's a big problem. You know, um, when you look at the prevailing, you know, uh, people in power, Mm -hmm. you know, uh, who's in charge of the the mainstream media, who's in charge Mm -hmm. of the school system, Mm-hmm. To a large extent, you're seeing the best of their of of that group of people pushed forward as right. an example of how the world was developed, how this, right. this happened, how that will happen. They're not really, you know, even the things that were really bad are either kind of glossed over or kind of condensed into like a, a bad incident. <laughs> right, right, right. You get right, the over, note and then yeah. Yeah. In, in an overall good line of things. You know what I mean? Right, right, right. Um. And I think that to a large extent in our communities, um, we tend to not celebrate, we tend to, ce- we, we have a, you know, on a, on a, in a large number of occasions, we celebrate the dynamic, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know, what, you know, good or bad, we celebrate the dynamic. Anyone that was able to make it through. Right, okay, right, 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 right. On a good way, then, hey, we can celebrate that. Mm-hmm. They make it through doing something bad, then, hey, you know, it's some, you know, right. you know, you know, Robin Hood type shit. We so be it kind of a thing. Right. Idiot. Right. And because there's so much nuance, because there's so much history, there tends to be. like So I just think that as we as we move. Um, we have to be very careful with how we present ourselves. Mm-hmm. We have to be very comfortable. We have to be very careful with allowing other people and other communities and other outside voices to confront us with accountability that we haven't confronted ourselves with. Ooh, um, crucial. Because what ends up happening is that's when the conversation turns into one person arguing technical points or facts and the other yeah. person arguing about something emotional and it goes yeah. into a, you know, an issue that, that you know, we're talking about multiple centuries. Yeah. And that's a real conversation that needs to be had. And there's real pain and there has been 400 years and these yeah. things are real. But at the same time, what's also happened is that we've been very careful to not want to check each other in public. This is true, but, man. But we also don't set the private meetings to check hey. each other. You know what I'm saying? And if we're going to not check each other in public to do it in private, but we don't have the relationships and the community and the Mm -hmm. bridges in place, or we're not using them to have the private conversations one-on-one with your brother or in a, in a private forum with people with, yeah. Then we don't grow. We don't address the deficiency. We don't address. We don't, we don't fix. We don't. Yeah. I think that that whole thing about uh, our own accountability is crucial going forward the best and worst thing I think about these times is that we're so excited about um, just that anything is happening. Right. Right. But because we have a lot of leaderless resistance across the country, like what are the expectations? Right. What, what are we willing to do for ourselves? Right. Absolutely. Things like that. And so, you know, I think that going forward, that has to be at the forefront of everything that the black community is facing 
starts to starts to analyze you know yes. what I mean? and 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 without that it's going to be it's going to be crazy man but i believe we'll be okay because of people like you i believe we'll be okay because of people like me we're just yeah. two people but we trying and we we know we sprinkling the seeds and hoping that you know it gets picked up but i'm impressed by the youth so impressed by these young people today i'm so impressed absolutely by well, they're mobilized they're their energized, courage how they use brave. technology bro sure like, it's beautiful, man. And, you know, I remember being like, man, all y'all do is play video games and be on the phone. Next thing you know, like, time for some action. They're yeah. out there. Yeah, I was the, like, yo, yeah, complain, I didn't you know, know you had about, that in you. What is going on? You didn't complain about face tattoos and skinny jeans and purple blocks yes. for so long. You forgot that there's, that these, the, 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 when the youth are properly motivated and, and positioned, like, they, 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 they're fixed on what they want to do. They're going to make hey. it happen. They're going hey. to cause the next generation to happen. The generate, you know. That's why it's not just an age thing. There's stylistic mm-hmm. generations happen. Is that's, that's a generation that comes up. It's like, nah, things have to change for whatever. And they, they make it happen. So you see that, you see that happening for sure with what's going on um, with, with uh, in the world. I just, to me, I'm just very like, I, I just feel like, you know, we, we're, we're talking freely now. So, right. you know, you hear conversations like, okay, you know, this happens, Black Lives Matter happens. Okay, what about Chicago? What about this? What about the mm-hmm. de- yeah, these things are two separate issues, but at the same right. time, it doesn't mean that that other issue doesn't 1000% need to be addressed, which addressed is words. what's happening in the communities. So right. we, it can't just be when, we, when, a, when an issue is brought up, you point to Chicago or point to this inner city and say, we're <laughs> right. not going to give what's this any on? credibility because right. you're not talking about that. But at the same time, you know, there has to be an understanding that if we don't have those conversations ourselves, then it's going to be it's going to be weaponized yep, against exactly. whatever positive yeah, that division that is going to be there. that division is yeah. going to be amplified. And man. if you and if, if if some if people can mobilize in reaction, mm-hmm. then people should be able to mobilize in action. If people can mm-hmm. mobilize, tear something down and defund something, which may be necessary, right? They should be able to mobilize to build something up and fund something. You see what I'm saying? Like, so. Oh, look out! Yeah, look. yeah. So this is young this is the, Rocka Garvey is. Yeah, no, nah, I'm just saying these are the types of things that. So when we're talking, the reason I don't get on and go into this is because people have a very clear idea of people's buttons have been pressed and they know what they feel that got them activated. Right. I'm right. not trying to get into a bunch of public arguments with people about Man. nuance and context and self reliance and self accountability yep. being the thing that will actually be what makes, you know, community solidarity with other communities, yep. having respecting other communities and respecting ourselves, like getting beyond, like not championing, championing, like we, we have, you know, power to make, to put ourselves much further beyond reproach and Oof. put ourselves in a, in a, in a, in a situation where the, the, the arguments that are being used against the positivity don't have merit because yeah. that's not the case. You know what I mean? Like that's just, but it, it, we do have responsibility and we don't have responsibility for what happened um, to George Floyd or to, right. we don't have responsibility for those incidents. We have a responsibility on the other side to say this movement shouldn't just reveal itself when somebody gets uh, killed by a police officer. Yeah. Or itself and that, and that a, community love, it shouldn't have to take the filming of an unnecessary murder of one of us to be a galvanizing point for all of us like yes of course we should be upset but we should be able to come together in joy and do and build beautiful when, things I mean, for ourselves and, so and that, others and so that when things like this happen we're 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 a community that's coming together to build to change to affect and to be a unified voice we're not a bunch of 
you know, disparate people that are, just are, are brought together because mm-hmm. of anger or got together because of just a frustration. And then when that passes away, we're off again until the next situation happens. You know what I mean? And that totally that to me is, I think, you know, it's, it's tough conversations. You know what I'm saying? Like these are, these are things like nobody wants to hear like, yeah, we got to fix all that. But you know, you also got to look in the mirror and, and, and fix yourself too. <clears throat> especially from outside the community. Like, yep. so it's important if, if, if from outside the community is going to be inflammatory that from inside the community, we, we respect somebody's voice enough to tell us like, yo, you, yeah, we got to fix all this. We got to stop. No, people, uh, you know, we got to stop, you know, the use of this, we got to stop, mm-hmm. you know, the, like you were talking about with, you know, in a practical level, the use of certain holds and things mm-hmm. like that. Um, we have to create different protocols and escalation protocols and everything else. The language um, we use, the, the way all we these things have to be changed. See one another. But as we have community that builds up, then we can activate these things as policy. We can we can yeah. go in there and change these things. We can we don't have to just wait till something racist happens or mm-hmm. something uh, 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 unfortunate, unfortunate happens right happens for us to get together and make make change. Like there's plenty of things that needed to be changed last year before these three people you know what I'm saying they're planning to be changed last decade. Even start, yeah 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 last yeah. you know I mean, millennia you we, know we like, started talking about 1992 and now look at us in the same absolutely. conversation right so absolutely you know what I'm saying? and so and, and 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 some of the same things are happening the propaganda what it's about who it's about what's going misuse on misuse of information all of that absolutely all mixed in at the same time so I think there's a lot that needs to happen but I think we have to as much as it's difficult to be patient when when people are actually mm-hmm. being killed and mm-hmm and disrespected um, mm-hmm. as much as when people are legitimately scared and yeah. that's not even taken into and account angry. that all this is happening in the middle of a global pandemic where the entire global finance, the financial system everything's is upside off. down and people everything's li- off for the first time, half the, half the world is living on, on welfare. They don't know what this is. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. They don't know what it is to get a check from the government and yeah. be able to get what you need and whatever the case is. Yeah. Like, so, you know, it's, it's a lot of changes, a lot of things people have to feel, a lot of things people have to go through, but, what is encu- is encouraging is that there are in the black community there's accountability conversations. Yeah, like I said, in the Asian community there's generational, you know, anti-blackness and colorism community yeah. conversations. Latino in, community, in the Latino community, anti-blackness, yeah. anti-colorism conversations. You know, a lot of the stuff just has to do with, you know, uh, you know, with not as much hating one thing as being enamored by something else. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's very, it's very nuanced. It's very difficult to put in a simple box and clean up. So ultimately I just look at it like this. It, it, you know, it starts with basic respect Mm -hmm. and through basic respect, you can have communication, reciprocation. You can have, you know, solidarity, Mm -hmm. solidarity. You can have reciprocity. And through that you can start developing an actual unity. You know what I'm saying? But I think there's a process that starts with basic, fundamental respect and i think that that you know disrespect lack of respect or or active disrespect is something that is not uh it's something that's you know that's a problem for all communities it's something that all communities are guilty of toward other communities and toward it's it's themselves themselves you know what i mean that's crucial and you know uh, expresses in different ways some of it is more systemic some of it is more street based some of it is yeah. more in your face some of it is more smile and not and, and it just there's a lot of it that happens and we just need to you know if we take accountability we build ourselves and we strengthen ourselves we make ourselves more healthy and we make we make it a situation where we're building bridges and you start to realize like well if we really have a community and you have 
you know, only certain people get to get put in certain positions of power in certain areas, then ultimately members of that community are in certain powers in certain areas. It's just yep. a shift in perspective. No, nah, you know totally, I mean? like, man. Totally. If we, if we can shift and shift that perspective, I think we can start creating a different dialogue that, you know, no, you know, like the corrupt, you know, the corrupt side of the uh, law enforcement um, um, uh, world industry, mm-hmm. whatever you want to call it. Um, there's going to always be that. Yeah. Gonna it's never going to be fully extinguished. There's going to yeah. always be corrupt teachers. There's going to mm-hmm. anybody, anytime there's a per- person School in power, administrators, sure. all of that. Uh, 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 um, religious figures, mm-hmm. politicians, mm-hmm. Um, doctors. Mm-hmm. It's just, it's a part of what it is. You have a certain group of a certain part of humanity uh, of, of, of uh, yeah, there, there's a certain part of the yeah. world that's just like that. And whether or not they recognize it, whether or not they, 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 they're actively, uh, you know, predators conscious what, of it. Right. Yeah, or maybe they're just narcissists or maybe they're right. just whatever and don't even recognize what it is. But a lot of that's, that's going to be a part of, that's going to be a part of life. Um, what we need to do is focus on changing this, changing things systemically. Mm-hmm. Um, if it's a situation of policing that we need to change systemic change to policing needs to happen. Like that's what I was to, talking about yeah. in that last video. You know yeah. what I mean? Thank you for being on Bishop Chronicles, man. No, I appreciate it. I appreciate it again, man. I, I can't thank you enough and for your patience and getting it done. And again, man, I, I thank you. Like this is important people that are watching this right now. You know, um, the media is, the news is a TV show. It has writers, yep. uh, makeup, <laughs> wardrobe, exactly. uh, lighting, yeah. uh, producers, they got commercials. It's just a TV show. Um, and, that's not where you need to, that's not where you get the whole story from. That's what's going to keep you there to, for the commercial mm-hmm. break, to sell the products mm-hmm. or to keep the, the you know, the, the views high. Just know that there's real people out in the streets of all backgrounds, of all cultures, of all colors, races, religions, whatever you want to yep. get all backgrounds that are working toward a better world. Um, when you, when you, when, and, and one thing to remember when I, when I look at, and I get dis- disheartened by like these Instagram posts mm-hmm. and I, you know, I, I look at it at dope pics and I, the first thing I do is I look down, I see something racial or disrespectful mm-hmm. or whatever. I, I got to remember, like if I'm really, really doing the knowledge on the situation, there's a hundred posts, a hundred comments, but there's a thousand likes. Right. You see what I'm saying? Right. And of those hundred comments, a third of them are very rude and disrespectful. So when you think about it, it's like 97% solid people in three percent yeah that's true you know what i'm saying the amplified negativity gives us a false sense of 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 the impact that we're actually having even just the negativity itself itself as an artist like i I, you know if i if i'll read a hundred good reviews of myself of my album in a day and two bad ones those are the ones that i would remember yeah you'd be like oh man uh, man and and, and you'd be mad at it you'd be upset and so just, just as people are going to just know, like the vast majority of people are good people. They just want justice. They just want accountability. They just yeah. want to live and let live. Yeah. And as we work towards, you know, towards life, just keep that in mind. No matter what you see, there's going to be ignorance. There's going to be goofy stuff happening. Yep. There's going to be exceptions to the rule jumping out. Those things are going to be amplified. People yep. are going to push buttons and say what they say, but don't fall for it, man. We're here. We're here together. We're on this bubble together. It's spinning. You know, we got to make it work. So yeah, it's good man. to see it's good to see the unity and the solid solidarity happening, especially in California, especially yes. with the black and brown. Yes. It's very good to see a, a, a solidarity happening with black and Asian. And it's, yes. and it's starting, you're starting to see the rec- uh, reciprocity. You're starting to see, yep. even though immigration isn't strictly a right. you know, issue, 
Um, there's plenty of Jamaican, Haitian, there's plenty yeah, of Asian yeah, yeah, people exactly. all over the world. Pe- people from Europe too. Where in California, the stigma of of the negative side of it is often right. Is is you know people and you're starting to see like black people recognize that as yep. an identity issue and come out yep. and support. You're starting to see the you know the, like like you said for uh, for the brothers that have passed away on the you know, brown brothers that have passed mm-hmm. away. You're starting mm-hmm. to see respect and, and, and the, and the, the acknowledgement in the same yep. way and the support black brothers you know I mean? to pass away from the, from other people. So we just need to keep work, keep cultivating that word. And the ignorant people aren't going to see it or they're not going to believe it, but it doesn't and that's matter. That's okay. Just keep, just keep making it real. You keep diluting the, the not the hatred and the nonsense with this positivity to the point where we just wash it out. And that's just, is what it is. So man, yeah. God bless you. And thank you for being well, on brother. Problems, always man. man. I appreciate you so much. Thank you, brother. We'll talk soon. Hey, this is going to be the first, this is the first real video interview for the Bishop Chronicles on YouTube, man. This is the inaugural. Ah, right we're multi-me. See that? You know That's why we waited. We waited to the, <laughs> exactly. the right time. To the dots connected. Stuff, boy. Ah, <laughs> congratulations, no. man, on yeah, everything, no. too. Thank you. I appreciate it. Teacher, what style is that?